Okay, elevators, you've made up your mind. A side hustle is eminent in 2021, but where do you begin? A passion or interest area is important, but then what? Take my brand new free quiz, which side hustle is best for you and discover how to choose the best side hustle so you can get started right away, which gigs require more or less overhead so you don't waste money, and why it's important to focus on one area so you can make the most of your time and get results fast. Where to find this fantastic and fun new quiz? Go to chrismcpeak.com and get started today. Now, let's tune in to this week's episode. Struggling to balance a side hustle with your job in higher education can be a real bummer. I'm your host, Chris McPeak, and I help career professionals in higher education make time for their side hustle so they don't waste their potential. If you're ready to think outside the box about your time and truly do all of the things, then tune in now because you've got side hustle. Okay, everybody, welcome to Got Side Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Chris McPeak, and today we are talking to a fellow fellow higher education professional. I'm talking today with Chris Hurley of Art Center College of Design, Art College Center of Design. Oh, you had it right the first time, I had Art it right Center the College first of time. Design. Gummit. You would think I would know that after working at PCC for eight years. Chris, <laughs> welcome to the show. How are you today? Hi, thank you so much. I'm I'm really good. I'm, it's uh, the sun is finally shining. We've had some odd weather here oh in the Los God, Angeles area really. where it's been nothing but rain uh, and even some snow. Yeah. Which was odd. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm doing really good. It's a nice weekend. Excited to yeah. wrap up the week at the office and, and work on some we other have stuff. A fire going in our fireplace of all things. That's crazy. Like, why do who in Los Angeles has a fire in their house? But I do because my house is cold. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, tell us what you do um, at the at the center. Sure. Yeah. So I'm a career advisor at Art Center College of Design. Uh, it is pretty traditional career advising. So I meet with students one on one and supporting them in their professional development and uh, helping them along in their career. I also do a lot of programming in that office, so things that are in relation to their career. So this this term, actually, we're having a program all around, like, taking your perf- uh, perfect professional picture and, and how to kind of do that from home with, like, some really basic materials that you, oh, cool. you know, a lot of people already have. So, yeah, it, it's a combination of that one-on-one advising and, and programming, uh, as well as doing a lot of industry connections and events. So, it's uh, it's really exciting because it's in the art and design world. So it's, yeah. it's a very niche student population along with like just niche industry that has kind of its own unique uh, needs. So it's really exciting yeah. to work with that student population. Totally. Did, did you come into that as an artist or did you come into that as a, a student affairs person? Yeah, a little bit of both, actually. And it's okay. kind of nice to be able to combine those two. So my undergrad degree is from the Maryland Institute College of Art, uh, MICA okay. for short, which is in Baltimore, Maryland. Really amazing art school. Uh, and it, it, it just specializes in visual arts. So it's really specific, kind of like Art Center is. And I have a BFA in graphic design. And then I actually worked as a designer full time for a while. And I really enjoyed doing that work. But while I was doing it, I, I was also working part time at Princeton University, just as like a lifeguard, nothing really fancy, but I, um, I I was really enjoying the energy and the space around being like around students again and, yeah. and just the things that were going on on the college campus. So I kind of decided very early on as a designer, I said, hey, like I really need to get back and, and doing that work and then decided to go to graduate school in a higher education program. Uh, so I went to Rutgers University in their college student affairs program, uh, master of education. 
And then, yeah, and then while I was kind of doing that decisions, uh, my undergrad, Micah, called me up and said, Chris, we, we have an opening, an interim position to run their fitness center. And so I jumped on that and was kind of doing that for about a year and then went to grad school. So, yeah, it, it, it kind of um, comes at both both ends where, yeah, I have like this design perspective and, yeah. and artist perspective and but also really in deep in with the, the higher education and, and the the advising and the student development theories and everything that goes along in that field. That's so awesome. And you know what, because we're going to be best friends, I think, because since you're also, you're, you've been a lifeguard. So I'm guessing you're also a swimmer. Uh, I mean, I've never swam professionally or like on a professional team, but I got super into it. So when I was working at Princeton university, I was hanging out with like the Ivy league uh, swimmers and water polo players and, and things like that. And you know, some of these folks are training for the Olympics and, yeah, and trying to absolutely. get on the Olympic team. And so that, that really got me into it of, of seeing kind of how talented they were. And, and that's so and, and great. Well, I just, I happen to know a really good master's team locally. So we'll talk <laughs> later. Um, okay. So you kind of answered my other question about how you got into your day job. So let's talk a little bit about your side hustle. What are you doing on the side? And when did that, um, when did that need inspire you? Yeah, so I, I've always been slightly entrepreneur-ish, like, like wanting to kind of invest in myself and, and do things on my own. Uh, I think that's just part of the, like even the artist side of me when you're working sure. as, as an artist or designer, a lot of the work you do is independent and, and uh, you're working on your own. So when I was a freelancer, I was doing my own work. Um, yeah, so it what I what I do now and what I've kind of my newest focus is uh, called Perspective Pathways, okay. which is career advising, career coaching for specifically artists and designers. So it's really kind of just taking my nine to five and then expanding it into past the, the five. And uh, it's just it is such a population that I love to work with, and there and I love the students and alumni I get to interact with on a daily basis in my nine to five. But there are so many folks that I just don't get to interact with and that could really use the support. So that's where it kind of came about. It, it's a pretty recent project. I kind of started it and really started seriously thinking about it in August of 2020. Okay. So we're still kind of in like the developmental growth phase and, and things like that. But uh, the project's going pretty well on track and, and um, yeah, and, and we're, yeah, we're just still growing. So you're part of a, a group. You work no, right now it's just solo for me. Okay. Um, I'm, okay. I'm really hoping to expand it out. I know like just some colleagues that have are really into the field as well. Yeah. And so thinking about how can we partner and expand and, and things like that. So uh, right now it's just, it's just me, but the way it's set up is I'm really hoping to, to be able to scale it if, if it kind of goes that way. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Was it the pandemic that inspired you to start something on the side or were you just kind of like, this has been feeding my soul for a while and I'm just going to go do it. So it's, I think it's, it's twofold for me. So okay. I was, my last job uh, was at Otis College of Art and Design and I was the director of summer programs. And that was a really great position and actually prepared me a lot for this uh, and kind of entrepreneurship because a lot of the programs I were running they were really micro businesses and they had kind of like their own little budgets. They had to be profitable. They had to, uh, you know, be solid programmatically and, and things like that. So that gave me a little bit of taste of, of, of that. Um, but what was really missing from that position was working with students. And, and I think that's yeah. just a really common thing is that the higher up 
you go in higher education, the further yes. and further away you get away from students, uh, at least directly. And the work you do is more, it's like really powerful and important, but it's indirectly supporting students. And so yeah. I, I think part of it was, I wanna develop this thing that will allow me to have some semblance of that direct contact with students, clients, um, you know, the, the folks I'll be working with are not necessarily students. And it's actually kind of a hard and fast rule that I don't work with these student population that I would interact with in my nine to five. Like if a, right. if a yeah. student came to Perspective Pathways at, from Art Center and said, hey, we'd love to work with you. I'd say, hey, that's great. I'm glad you're excited about this. Come meet with me in my regular office hours. Um, yeah. So that's kind of just an ethical stance I've taken. But the, yeah, so, so a part of it is just knowing that I, I'm really invested in higher education and specifically supporting art, um, arts, art and design higher education that I want to be able to make sure I still have that connection with the individual and, and the quote unquote student or the client. Uh, so it's part of that. And then, yeah, then the other part is the pandemic, that this has been a really hard time for so many people yeah. and that anything that I can do to support uh, and specifically support artists and designers yeah. uh, along that path uh, is, is something I want to open up the opportunity for. I love that. Um, I'm, I'm really identifying with the, the passion for continuing to help students on a day-to-day -day level because my, I want a very lateral trajectory career because I had said like, um, I told myself if I ever found myself in a position where I wasn't working directly with students and I'd have to leave the field, but I, I figured out that it was something where I had to just make myself go outside of the day-to-day -day stuff and get in, get involved in, can I advise a student organization or can I invite a group of students to have lunch with me or, or things of that nature? And I'm really lucky now that I run a scholarship program. So I get to connect with students all the time and that helps. But um, I, yeah, I feel you. It's, it's hard when you have that drive to think like, okay, I can't ever do a job where I don't work directly with students. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think that's fantastic. Do, are you finding that students so the, the the class of 2020 that was graduating did their did their job search need seem a little more a little harder did they did those students just kind of say like well I'm just I'm going to go to graduate school and uh, and do something else for a year until the job market gets better like how did how did that come together for your students yeah so I mean this is a very limited scope um sure. of, you know because we're only talking about the students I've had direct contact with but yeah it just and even just listening to our industry partners and things like that that things are still very challenging and, mm -hmm. and very hard um that they're, they're starting to stabilize a little bit of people starting to really figure out kind of how things are working in this pandemic yeah. world and and being able to continue business and continue operations but it's still very challenging for our students and I think our, our the students and the recent graduates are really feeling that and feeling that anxiety and feeling like how do I continue to push forward and and it, it's just a really hard time to be entering the job market right now and so uh so, so yeah, so I, I think it's it's definitely been challenging. I, I've but but something I'm really happy about, and something that I, one of the reasons why I love working with art and design students is that they're so adaptable and so versatile that they they see it and they say, all right, this is a design challenge for me now. Like, how do I you know 
carve a path for myself. And Mm -hmm. so some of them might go into the entrepreneurial route and some of them will just really lean on like the artist community and and kind of grow that way. And, and that while you're, while you're job searching, it's interesting because I I talked to students and I talked to a recent alum who just recently graduated. And one of the focuses that we think about is, is how do you continue to stay creatively active and creatively motivated? Because like, yeah, there's like the standard job application process and like getting your resume together and things like that. But as an artist and designer, there's also the constant uh, need to make work. And that is a need by the industries themselves wanting to see, hey, what else do you got? What are you making new? But also just an inner need of saying, I need to create stuff. It's part of who I am and it's part of my identity. So, excuse me. So how can I um, balance those two? So that's something that I work on with, with advising uh, is saying, hey, like here, like we definitely want to hustle and, and work on the job applications, but carve out some time for yourself each day just to be working on a project that's just for you. Uh, interesting enough, after grad school for me, it was redoing my parents' dining room, which oh. they very much appreciated. But <laughs> so awesome. uh, yeah, so it, it really encouraging them to have that that side project that is fueling them to be able to continue on in the process. So your institution is mainly is mainly dealing with visual artists, not not necessarily performing artists. Correct. Yeah, it's, it's okay. uh, just visual artists. Okay. And so is film and is film part of that media? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. we have a, we have an undergrad film program as well as a graduate film program. Fantastic, awesome. Okay, well, let's segue into your strategies for balancing the two. So, um, what are you using on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to balance day job with side hustle, and how is that working for you? Yeah, so I, I think part of it is just checking in with yourself and saying, "Hey, yeah. here's where I'm at, and here's where I need to be." Um, October, November, or no, yeah, like. November, December seemed to be a little bit of harder months for me of just some personal things that were going on. My uh, little brother was deploying, which was oh a my thing. gosh, wow. and, yeah, and and just uh, and and of course we're in a global pandemic and just some other things that were going on in my personal life. So it's like October, November were kind of like just nothing months for me for perspective pathways. It just yeah. had to kind of regroup and and think about what am I excited about and what do I want to work on. And for me, it was working on the website. And okay. really um, kind of investing some time on the, the company's website. And, and that was much more internal and, and a place that, you know, something that I was inspired on to work on. Uh, so something that helps me stay balanced with it is yeah, checking in with myself, but also carving out just really strict office hours for the project. So uh, in, in, in the um, another thing I'm involved in is called uh uh, the Gaelic League LA, which is an Irish language school here in oh Los Angeles, and uh, I'm on the board, and that's a voluntary gig, uh, so it's it's not like it's paid or anything, but just really enjoy that community, uh, and and so very similar to that is I, I carve out just a specific chunk of time uh, it, per week for each of those projects, and once that time is up, then I just walk away and say, okay, that's enough for today, that's enough for this week, or or however much time I've allocated to it, and just. Uh, really taking uh, a hard break from it. So being really focused in that time, but then also when that time is over saying, okay, we've done enough. We'll pick it up next week. And so I do a lot of uh, kind of project management and um, a lot of just like kind of calendar timeline things and and just make sure that projects are are hitting their deadlines. and and Are you a Trello or a Asana person? Uh, I use Trello in my nine to five uh, okay. in perspective pathways. Uh, um, it's more of just Excel spreadsheets and kind oh, of okay. it that way. 
I yeah. find that um, oh, I tried to use Trello and I find that it was just when it's just me, it's it wasn't helpful. Um, and then I, I have a business coach now who has me in Asana and that's where she puts all my homework and assignments. And I felt like this is so much nicer where like something's assigned to me. And so I find in my own side of Asana, when I assign myself a task, it's like, oh my God, look, I got this done. And it's so cool. <laughs> so I let, I let Trello go, but, um, I thought, yeah, I think that kind of, that software is amazing. And I like, I like that it can be visual with like lists, but that you can also turn it into a calendar and see like, oh, that's Friday. And I have a lot of things due on that date. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all about figuring out what tool works for you. And, yeah. and, and so um, yeah, Trello is great. Uh, I haven't used Asana personally, but I, I know a lot of folks who use it and um, also I've, like done project management through Microsoft Teams. And so yeah, it's just yeah. figuring out like what works for you. And, and also if there's anyone working with you, like what works as a, as a greater team together. Yeah, totally. So when you're, when you're done with, with both jobs, what do you like to do for yourself? What personal hobbies, um, dark TV shows that you like, anything like that? Yeah, so, so this uh, pandemic has been huge for me because I'm a big extrovert and I like to like kind of be out and in the community and doing things. Um, so when we're not in a pandemic, I really like to dance. I um, oh, nice. like to do social dancing. So I, I do a lot of swing dancing, Latin dancing. Um, I've, I've dipped into blues, tango as well. So I like to dance. But since we're in a pandemic, yeah, it's been a lot of uh, uh, TV watching and a lot of uh, video game playing. Uh, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of the game Rocket League, which I get to play with you know, friends that are, I'm originally from the East Coast, so it's nice yeah. to be able to reconnect. And it's actually interesting, the pandemic has really almost like leveled uh, my relationship with them where they're, you know, pre-pandemic, they're constantly hanging out with each other and, and in person. But now since it's a pandemic, it's been more like, let's bring everything online. So it's yeah. been actually really, uh, in, a, in a way, a, a, equalizer to be able to connect with that community back east yeah that's um, a silver lining for sure um yeah this whole you know year-long experience we've been going through yeah so some video games and then um uh, fitness is also important to me so trying to figure out ways to stay in shape which has been really hard yeah. for me personally in the pandemic it's uh, it, um, but I, I like to go bicycling in the community and then um, and you might be able to see them in the background here but this is a it's called a, a hurley stick so it's actually Kind of very similar to my last name. It's a sport yeah. called hurling, which is uh, Ireland's national sport. So I'm part yeah, of a, I learned a... about hurley, hurling, hurling. Yeah, hurling. Mm -hmm. Um, what? oh, the crying game. They talk about hurling and the crying <laughs> game. Whether hurling is better than cricket, I think, is what I remember the argument being between the two of them. Oh man, That's they're they're so very funny. different sports. So I don't know if I could compare them. But uh, yeah. yeah, so we we have a local team here and like a local club team here in Los Angeles that I'm a part of. Um, That's so, so great. So, you yeah, are we, quite a multifaceted individual. <laughs> Thanks. I, I try to be, uh, I, I, I just try to live as, you know, the way I want as best as I can. So if there's something that's exciting to me or something that interests me, I, 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 I'm a very curious person. So if, if it uh, sparks my curiosity, I'm going to kind of try to yeah. do a deep dive into it. We didn't actually talk about what brought you to California. So was it that job specifically at Otis or what happened there? Yeah, so uh, it, it was specifically the job at Otis. So okay. uh, Otis College was my first job outside of grad school, and uh, it's, it's a great lesson of just like networking and 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 I use it as an example all the time with students. So the director of residence life and housing there is Mo uh, Morgan Brown. Okay. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, and she. 
her and I actually met at a conference when we were in undergrad and we connected that way. And then one of my mentors ended up doing some consulting work with Otis College and uh, he, he reached out to me and said, hey, Chris, like I saw you're connected with Morgan somehow. That's awesome. Uh, just, I wanted to let you know, she's doing some really interesting work over at Otis College, like, so they're a good connection to have. And so I kind of just did a cold outreach email to Morgan, said, hey, Morgan, uh, I just got off the phone with Mike. He said, you're doing some really great work over there at Otis College, like, keep it up. There's not enough support from higher education professionals in the art and design world, in in my opinion, like, uh, and so... Yeah, so that kind of led there. Morgan and I just kind of chatted over email. Uh, and then actually two weeks later, a position posted for the coordinator of residence life and housing position, uh, which she would oversee. And it was really a once in a lifetime position because they were opening their first residence hall ever. Wow. Uh, so, oh my gosh. That's so amazing. yeah, so I had no dreams of coming out to California, coming to Los Angeles. I honestly thought I was going to end up in Philly. It seemed like a great way it was a good in between me being from New Jersey and my partner being from Maryland like it was uh-huh. a good in between uh and I and I like Philly a lot but um yeah Los Angeles just kind of fit and it clicked and um it was really like I said a once in a lifetime opportunity to open up the first residence hall ever yeah and that was just a, a really great experience and 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 my, especially my partner loves it here like they love oh, so California great. and uh it's it's always a battle between like east versus west coast for me but I, <laughs> I think they both are really special in 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 really different ways yeah that's so cool well I uh I am a, a recovering housing professional um I came up in the RA hall director leadership coordinator, assistant associate director. I did all of the things. Um, and then I just, I found that housing was sucking the life out of me and I didn't want to do it anymore. And so I did one of those, like cast the very wide net. I'm going to apply for any job I'm remotely qualified for. And, and I landed this, you know, gig in advancement and fundraising, having not ever done anything like that before. And I still, to this day, I'll look at my boss and I'll say like, I, I still don't know why you hired me, but thank you. <laughs> Cause uh, I've worked here now longer than I've worked at any other job. And that's a huge thing for me to say. Um, you know, my normal stint was like two and a half years and then I'd bail or my hubby would be like, yeah, this city isn't working for me anymore. Um, but yeah, in April, it'll be eight years at PCC. So I, I firmly believe that when you find the right fit, then, um, then that's, you know, where you're going to, where you're going to stay. Yeah. Yeah. It's been kind of interesting because I, my supervisor has asked me, Chris, like what's, what's next? Like, what are you thinking about next? Cause I've been in the role for over a year now okay. and, and just like, yeah, like they're like just probing, like, what are, what are some thoughts that you're having? Um, sorry, it's my director that's asking that, not my direct supervisor. And I was like, honestly, like we're in a global pandemic. It's a weird time. Like I, and I'm happy here. Like <laughs> there's a lot of things that are, that are checked off right now and in, in my boxes. So I feel pretty, right. pretty good. I mean, I'm, we'll, we'll be thinking about next steps and like whatever that looks like. But um, at the moment, it's kind of like, we're just, we're just going to yeah. really In the moment I feel it. good and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't ask me anything else today. You can ask me next week. Um, Chris, do you have any like funny or tough or silly stories to share about your, your side hustle or, you know, how your day job connects to your side hustle, anything like that? Anything that's just out of the ordinary? Yeah. So I'm trying to think about this, um, because it's so new, there's, there's not like a lot of like client stories or any, or anything like that, that I could share. 
But um, I have been getting a lot of jokes made because recently I got the the business name, the fictitious business name um, oh, registered. Oh yeah, DBA, right? Yep. And <laughs> and and everyone that that doesn't have their own business has been making fun of me of like, what is what is like a fictitious business name? Like, is it not real? Like, are you yeah. not doing a real business? And and so like, I don't know if that's really a, a funny story necessarily, but. Um, but it's it's one that has been cracking a lot of jokes. It is something that a, a non-entrepreneur or nonprofit runner, anything like that would be like, okay, well, I don't understand. I had to ask our accountant like four times when we were starting the the swim team, like, okay, why do I have to do this? This doesn't make any sense to me. It's kind of silly. Um, yeah. But no, I feel you. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's crazy. Okay, let's do some East Coast, West Coast rapid fire. Okay. Um, okay, your favorite pizza is where? Uh, I mean, East, East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your favorite donut is where? Uh, oh, West Coast. And and where is that? Um, so Otis College, and I was a living professional there, yeah. is like 10, 15 minutes from Randy's. So like okay. Randy's will always have my heart. Nice. That's beautiful. Um, let's see. What about Mexican food? Uh, that That's West Coast. Yeah. And you have a favorite place? pretty much any taco truck that yeah. is like yeah. available really late at night. <laughs> awesome. We have a really nice one here in Sunland that's on Foothill Boulevard called La Fonda. Um, my hubby goes there at least once a week, sometimes twice a week. Um, let's see. Favorite Chinese food. That's East Coast. And what's sure. the name of that place? Uh, so I grew up in a, uh, my favorite is like where I'm, where I grew up, which is called uh, Chang's Garden. It's in Dayton, New Jersey. There's no reason you should go there, but if you are there, check out Chinese Garden. <laughs> That's the Chinese um, food. Yeah. My favorite it, it, Chinese food is in Chicago of all places, which still blows my mind because it's a Chinese restaurant in Little Italy, and I never fully understood that, but I, you know, it's beautiful Chinese food. Yeah, um, it's actually kind of uh, interesting because I live in a neighborhood that has a lot of really amazing, authentic Chinese food, and oh, it's yeah. so good and so great. But sometimes I really just want like the Americanized grease in a box, like Chinese food. And like, express. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I just struggle to find that out here. It's like almost too authentic and too good. Yeah. Um, well, especially where you are. Yeah. yeah. Have you been to Noodle 101 Express? Um, I don't think I've been to that one yet. Um, I kind of place... like just moved right before the pandemic happened. So, okay. Got it. But so haven't had too much time to explore everything yet. That is our favorite. Um like dumpling place and they have really good oxtail soup and their beef roll nice. is crazy good. So yeah, put that on your list of places to eat next. Um, let's see one more thing. Let's think of one more thing. Um, oh, coffee, East coast or West coast. Oddly, I don't drink coffee at all. Okay. Then what about um, tea place, a tea place, tea place? Uh, I would say West coast more so just cause I've gone out for tea more, more here, but yeah. Um, we could also throw bagels in that question and bagels is definitely East Coast. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. no, I, get, I totally get that, yeah. Um, <laughs> although there is a place, I feel like I need to holler at my husband. I think it's in Highland Park. Um, I'll find it and I'll tell it to you. I've been told that that place is the closest place in LA that rivals an East Coast bagel, but I can't, never had an East Coast bagel, so I can't say emphatically, but. There's a really good place by LAX called Brooklyn Bagels. Okay. Highly recommend them. If you're yes. ever in that neighborhood, it's a little All right, cool for me now, Very but. Good. Chris, this has been delightful. I feel like I could pick your brain for another hour or two, but I, we, I realize we both have things to do today. So uh, where can people find you if they want to check out Perspective Pathways, right? Sure, yeah, absolutely. So the, the best way place to kind of 
connect with us and follow with me is uh, on Instagram. Uh, okay. So it's just Perspective Pathways on Instagram, and and I'll send you the link, Chris, if I haven't already. Uh, we I'm also launching the website really soon. There's some final like kind of touches I'm making on it, but that's also just PerspectivePathways.com. Uh, so. Yeah, and that's where you could book appointments with me if, if you want to work and, and work with me on that. So yeah, so those are kind of the two best ways. Again, Instagram is really great and because I'm constantly pushing out content on a weekly basis that is relating to careers and, and art, specifically artists and designers and their career. All right, cool. This has been so nice. So y'all, this is Chris Hurley and I'm Chris McPeak and we've both got Side Hustle. So we'll see you next time. Hey you, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Got Side Hustle Show. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another episode. And if you want some bonus points, I'd love for you to leave a rating and review, or even better, share the show with a friend. Original music for the Got Side Hustle Show is composed and performed by Chris Corral. And I'd love to see you join me over at the Got Side Hustle community on Facebook. It's a free group and we kick around all kinds of things relating to our day jobs and our side hustles. Go to gotsidehustlecommunity.com and connect with us there today.